Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer, and broadcaster who's interviewed roughly 1,400 celebrities over a 30-year period. In fact, I became an interviewer after meeting one of my music heroes, Leonard Cohen, on March the 1st, 1985. That's when I decided I must go out and track down more of my music heroes to talk with. As it transpired, it took me roughly 20 years to get to Gene Pitney, whose album, The Best of Gene Pitney, I'd owned and loved since 1970. So did I bring it along on the day and have Gene autograph it for me? You bet. Although that's something I didn't often do during interviews. But how could I not? My memories of Pitney went back to a time when I was 11 years old or so, sitting on the floor, watching Top of the Pops, and blown away by those high notes he hit at the end of his song, I'm Gonna Be Strong. How could I have known that precisely 40 years later, he and I would discuss not only that recording, but also the fact that on the track, Little by Little, as I'd noted as a child when I read the back of the Stones' first album, it says he played piano. So it follows as part of my series of podcasts I call Singles, as in 45s, because they last roughly five minutes, is the clip where Jim Pitney and I discuss those sessions. And by the way, I didn't know that at the time the Stones hated each other. Did you? And then we discuss I'm Going to Be Strong. Jim Pitney, I was reading uh, the NME from the year that was released, and you were saying you were afraid it wouldn't be a hit in Britain because they didn't know where Tulsa was. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a strange story. Again, I've had so many things happen that were weird. The people that sent me that time, when Tulsa was released as a single, this brilliant agent in New York sent me to England to do a tour because of the song Mecca, which was out prior to it. And he said, no, you got to go because there's a whole series of places called Mecca ballrooms. <laughs> well, I'd never been to England before for a tour. And when I got here, all my record people met me and I could tell something was strange. And they didn't really say don't do it, but they all said, you know, that's not really you. You know, that's not really where you want to go and everything. Okay. So what I did was cancel the tour. Okay. And the guy was going to sue me, and it, but he had done enough things to break the contract. But I thought, while I'm here... I may as well do the television they've set up already. And I did the television with 24 Hours from Tulsa. But that was an incredibly fortuitous TV appearance, if I'm reading history right here. Uh, Thank You Lucky Stars, and Jagger and Richards walked in, and you were singing, apparently, a song that I want to play near the end, if, if I didn't have a dime. And they thought you were, number one, so cool, number two, so professional in your performance, that they then wrote a song for you, and they picked up, I'm sure, a few tips from you. Well... You're reading the bio again. You're reading somebody's bio. This is it. That's it. So Actually, I knew them before that oh, did you? Okay. quite right. well. Yeah, oh, because right. my publicist was Andrew Lou Golden, who oh, was their manager. Absolutely, yeah. And we ended up doing uh, quite a bit of television. And we didn't do a tour, but we did television and hung out together and things like oh, that, you know, in, right. in the early days. Well, you were on. I mean, you are mentioned, and I think the song on their first album is for Phil and Gene. Oh, yeah. I played on the, on the, the session. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a strange one. I, I was I was flying home and I stopped for one day in London. I was flying from Paris, and uh, Andrew called me and he said, "You got to help me." He said, "The guys have to have a new single out, and not only won't they sing together, they hate each other. They won't even talk to each other." The Stones. Yeah, in the session. <laughs> so I, I'll never forget what I did. Actually, I think that they've refuted that this happened, but I, okay. I, I've seen pictures even with a glass in their hand. And I, I remember well, we had five-fifths of cognac that we were bringing home, duty-free cognac. Right. And I bought a bottle of cognac with me, and we told them that it was my birthday, and it was an old family tradition that everybody had to have a water glass of cognac. Okay. 
and then it broke the ice. And we did the session, and I played on uh, "Not Fade Away," yeah. which they needed a B side for. Uh, sorry, not not a "Not Fade Away" on uh, "Little by Little." They didn't even have a B side, so all we played was blues chords. That's what it is. Yeah, to make it's up an instrumental. For a second, it? yeah, it wasn't even instrumental. It was no melody. <laughs> And I love it because they give uh, Phil Spector, who showed up in a big roles uh, for the session, yeah. they give him credit for playing uh, maracas as the, um, okay. the instrument. He's actually playing an empty cognac bottle <laughs> with a 50-cent American piece. That was his percussive instrument. This is better than the stuff I read. Okay, <laughs> yeah. The rock history is just yeah, don't believe don't, any don't of that. But they did write a song for you, and you then did record it. No. I'm sorry, no, not but that no, one. we have to. They didn't write it for me. Oh, didn't they? Okay. They actually had recorded it with a guy they named George They sold it well Bean. in those days then. Okay, all right. And they didn't like the way that it came out. Okay. And when I heard it, I thought, great track. Wonderful recording. It was done at the Olympia Studios in, in London. <laughs> so I said to him, can I take it and rewrite the melody so it fits the kind of song that I'm doing now? And then I'll go in and do it. And if it comes out good, then we'll release it. Yeah. It did. And it was the first uh, Jagger Richards song in the U.S. charts. That girl belongs to yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. But they still got the money, I hope. They got the loot that you were saying in the NME at the time. They were going to get lots of loot from this. Uh, for, for it being successful? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, okay. we're still getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm afraid to mention any of that song now because you'll totally turn on its ass, the history <laughs> I've read about it. Okay, uh, I just want to play, lead up to um, I'm Going to Be Strong. I mean, now I have read of this, uh, that you, you, you yourself had a, were the architect of the sound in a way. You wanted to go from the guitar to throwing in the kitchen sink at the end. The specter-esque approach. Well, Barry Mann had played it for me, and Barry sang it um, with Cynthia Weil playing piano. And when he played it for me, at the end, he just sang, I'll break down and cry, and held that note. While underneath it, Cynthia was playing the chords that moved up, this progression that went underneath it. And immediately I heard, I want to go where she's going. Okay. And he's just holding this note across here, which is the normal note to hit. So I sang that on the first vocal and then followed her top note going through that progression to get up to the top notes at the end. In this famous apocalyptic ending, as I've seen it described. Well, it can be scary at times, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> to try, to go for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I've really been, it's gotten so much easier. Um, I don't really know why. Over the last 10-year um, period. To get that. Yeah, I, I work out with a trainer just to... Vocally or physically? No, vocal. physically. Right. I work out three times a week with a trainer. And that's part of it, I think. The physical and the aerobic part of that. The other side of it is that I... Uh, I record with the entire tracks of the, set, the uh, tour that I'm going to do in my recording studio at home three times a week starting like a month to six oh, weeks okay. before a tour. You can't, I can't walk on stage and cold go out and do that show that I did last night that you saw. All right, you can't okay. vocally. You can't do it. You fall down. I mean, you, your voice will fall apart. Okay. So I have to practice. Uh, to prepare to get it ready. Yeah, so people who think it looks nice and casual walking out there and hearing, but wow, he, that's all he does is just walks out there and sings those songs. It doesn't work that Jane, way. it's called the art that conceals art. It's what? It's called the art that conceals art. Oh, yes. Where yes. it looks effortless, but yeah. it's actually not. But for all the people who have related to this song on a personal level before I play it, did you ever break down and cry that deeply when someone left? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally shocked it, folks. Here we go. He's not going to be strong. <laughs> Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. If you want to read some of my articles, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.